again tonight. Amen. We talked about growing in grace. Last month we talked about growing in wisdom. Hopefully everybody is overflowing with wisdom. <laughs> you know, because all this stuff comes with your Holy Ghost. Amen. So you was filled with the Holy Ghost. You should be filled with wisdom. You should be filled with grace. You should be filled with knowledge. You know, you should be filled with love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, faith, gentleness, meekness, temperance. These things should be running over, pressed down, shaking together, and running over. Amen? So praise God. So hopefully you went back through your lesson on wisdom. I know there was one piece there that I didn't get to, but I'm sure before the end of the year we will cover it. And usually a lot of times you find that we revert back and forth and you see the lessons overlap each other. Amen. But tonight we want to start our new series on uh, growing in grace. Growing in grace. Amen. Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 1 through 4. Amen. Paul writing to his protege Timothy says, Thou therefore my son be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him which has chosen him to be a soldier. Amen. So we see that Paul tells Timothy to be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And that's going to be our focus, to be strong in grace. To be strong, you've got to grow. You've got to get firm. You've got to get solid. Things that come against you should be repelled because you're stronger. You're supermen and superwomen. Amen. So grace is not only defined as God's unmerited love. It has also been defined as the divine influence which operates in humans to regenerate and sanctify, to inspire virtuous impulses, and to impart strength, to endure trials and resist temptation. And as an individual virtue or excellence of divine origin, one of the biggest errors in Christendom is that many misunderstand the grace of God for eternal salvation. When the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus, by grace are you saved, Ephesians 2.8, he was not saying that that is all there is to obtain in salvation. He was saying that it was because of God's unmerited love that we are saved. Therefore, we must grow in that grace that we will possess it and impart it to others in their time of need. If we are to be strong and able to stand firm in these evil days, we must grow in grace. So during this lesson, we're going to discuss some ways to grow in grace. First of all, we need to come boldly to the throne of grace. Amen. Hebrews 4.15 tell us, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but with the all points tempted like as we were, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. A throne is a seat of a sovereign, of a sovereign. A throne of grace is designed to represent a sovereign seat to dispense mercy and pardon. 
the high priest approaches that seat of throne of the divine majesty with the blood of the atonement to make intercession for the people and to plead for pardon. God is seated on the throne of mercy. We have therefore, we may therefore come with boldness and look for pardon. We come not dependent on our own merit, but we come where enough sacrifice has been offered for human guilt and where we are assured that God is merciful. We may therefore come without hesitancy or trembling and ask for all the mercy that we need. Amen. As we see in Isaiah 55, Isaiah says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and our God for he will abundantly pardon. Amen. We need to come boldly when things just aren't right, uh, going right in your life. You need to come boldly to the throne of grace. Amen. You don't want to delay Amen. Getting the things you need from God. One of the things you find about grace, amen, is that unmerited love. Notice it is that divine influence that is to be operating in our lives. When we are born again, according to Acts 2.38 of the water and the spirit, there's something changes in us. Most of us remember that day that we got baptized. We remember the day we were filled with the Holy Ghost. Something changed inside of us. And that change should have become permanent in our lives to where God should be first in everything that we do. God should be elevated in our lives. Amen. Nothing should be, as Paul says, able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. If there is no evidence of grace or no evidence of the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, there won't be any evidence that grace is there. See, grace causes you to realize what God has done for you. That's why Paul says in Ephesians 2.8, By grace are you saved, not of works, lest any man shall boast. It is a gift from God. The same way you received the gift of the Holy Ghost, God's unmerited love gave us that, that Holy Ghost. He gave us our salvation. So knowing that God saved me, knowing that He delivered me, knowing that He set me free, should not I love Him more than anything else in my life? Should not He be the, the mainstay in my life and your life? Amen. We should, as Paul, if you notice what Paul, uh, his life in, in Acts 9, when Paul meets Jesus on the road to Damascus, amen, after the light shines around him and Paul has his conversion experience and he's baptized, he receives the Holy Ghost, he immediately goes into the desert, he spends time, he realizes that who Jesus really is, he understands the message, he comes back and Paul thrusts his life, for the rest of his life, when we read the, his epistles and his scriptures, he is dedicated. He is sold out to God. And throughout all the epistles, what is he talking about? God's grace. Amen. Notice First Timothy chapter 12. First Timothy chapter 12. Paul writing to Timothy, his protege here again. First Timothy chapter 12. 
He says, And I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who have enabled me, for that he counted me faithful, putting me in the ministry, who was before a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did it in ignorantly and unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundantly with faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. Notice, Paul says that grace of God was, was filled. It was abundantly in love and what? Faith. Amen. So it, it, it came to him. And he says, I thank God who found me worthy and put me in the ministry. All of us should rejoice that God found favor in us. That he would pull us out and put his spirit in us and would give us faith and would give us love like none other. It was abundant towards us. Amen. So therefore, his grace is, is, is Paul would later write, is sufficient for me. Amen. All I need is what He has given me. And if I build on that, if I build on that relationship, if I build the things in my life that He has given me, I'm going to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Amen. So therefore, Paul says, we're saved by grace, not of works, lest any man should boast. You see, it is the gift of God. So having this unmerited favor, what should we do? with it. So should we set it on a shelf? No, we've got to grow in it and we've got to know it and we've got to share it. That's why he says, come boldly to the throne that you might obtain grace and find mercy and grace to help in the time of need. You want to fill yourself up on the things of God. You want to be abundantly overflowing in the character and the things of God so that you know, so that you are able to give. Amen. You want to be able to help others and grow. Show them how to get mercy. Show them how to get forgiveness. Be able to share with them, amen, what is inside of you. This is what you're trying to do. We have to grow. We must grow. Amen. And the way we grow is we stand fast. Galatians 5.1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty in Christ has what? Made us free and be not entangled again. Notice, the yokes of bondage. We were in bondage when we was out there. You're not in bondage in here. Some people think they're in bondage. You know, you hear people in the world tell you all the time if you're apostolic, y'all are in bondage. You're not in bondage. You've been set free. Say you need to realize that. Don't let people push you in a corner and try to make you think you're in bondage. You are doing this because you love God. You have you are doing this because of grace. You know, because God has brought you out. Amen. He has set you free. You're not in bondage, so don't think you're in bondage. Don't let people put that that monkey on your back and try to carry it around. You as free as free can be. As Philip Craig and Dean says, there's nobody holding a gun to my head. This is how I want to live. You decide for you, and I'll decide for me. But the choice I made one day is going to be lifting me out of here. 
Amen. So we have to realize that God's grace, amen, is sufficient for us. And we need to grow in this grace. Paul, writing to the church at Corinth in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1, he says, Do not receive the grace of God in vain. We must not neglect, neglect or slight the gospel or the grace, this gift that is God has given to us. Because if I see grace as not being important to me, if I see what God has done is not important to me, guess what? I'm going to probably wind up losing my life. I'm going to probably wind up missing heaven altogether. See? That's why the Bible tells us, amen, that if we don't obey, God pretty soon will reject you. You know, you know, Paul even writing to the church, he says, God will send you a strong delusion that you will even believe a lie and be damned. See, so we cannot, amen, neglect the grace of God. We've got to be excited about this thing. Born again people should be excited. I guarantee you if Ed McMahon was still living and he walked into your door and rang your doorbell and told you you won the $25 million sweepstake, y'all probably remember back in the days when, when they used to get you to buy magazines and they, you could register to, get, to win the $25 million and Ed McMahon would ring your doorbell and tell you the $25 million. Anybody ever want it? <laughs> but you think about how excited you would have been. You know, just think about the small things you get excited about. You know, you go to the fair. You remember when you were kids, you go to the fair and you, and you know, and you buy the little pot and golf, puff, uh, plastic golf balls and the fish, goldfish is over there and you throw them and a couple of balls bounce all over the place. Then finally you throw one and it gets in the goldfish. And the guy reaches down and he gives you that goldfish. You're all excited. Yeah, I won, I won. You know, think about it. See, you're excited about those things. How much more the grace of God. Oh, my, what he has done for us. The things he has shared with us and given to us. See, Esau was rejected. And we read that story, you know, for a bowl of pottage, or lentils, beans, amen, soup, he sold his birthright. And when he wanted it, he couldn't find it. Notice what the writer says in Hebrews here. Amen. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 7 through chapter 4 verse 4. Go, go there real quick. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 7 through chapter 4 verse 4. Your Bible pages just flipping all over the place. Everybody's got their Bible, you know, they're reading because I'm finna call on somebody to read it, not from the board, you know. See who didn't get bring their Bible tonight, you know. It's just oh my, all quick pages just start flipping. <laughs> Amen. Hebrews chapter three, verse seven. Wherefore. As the Holy Ghost said, today, 
If you hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation, in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me and proved me and saw my works forty years was forty works forty years. Wherefore I was grieved with that generation and said they do always err in their hearts and they have not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath they should not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God. But exalt one another daily what it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. While it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke, howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. But with whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swore he, swore he that they should not enter into his rest? But to them that believed not... So we see they could not enter in because of unbelief. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left of us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as to them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them, that heard it. Amen. Notice, so when you hear God's voice, you don't harden your heart. In other words, when you read God's word, you don't harden your heart. You mix your faith with that. Amen. You have got to mix your faith with the word of God so that you can grow. Amen. It's like making a cake. You mix everything together so it rises. There are certain things if you don't put in a cake, it's not going to rise. It's going to stay flat as a pancake. But if you got the right flour with the right yeast in it and the right eggs and the right mixture, it's going to rise. Amen. And that's what you want in your walk with God. When you hear the Word of God, you want to mix it with your faith why? Because you want to grow. You want to rise up over that situation. When you see something that in the Word of God that is not compatible with the way you are living, then you are supposed to take the Word of God and mix it with your faith so you can rise over that circumstance and that situation. That's why Paul says, sin shall not have dominion over you. Amen. You're not under the law. You're under grace. Amen. Notice. So therefore, like it, he, he was talking about Esau was rejected. Hebrews 12, verse 16 and 17. Notice. It says there in Hebrews 12, 16 and 17. Let's flip over a few pages. He says, Lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. For you know how that afterwards, 
when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place of repentance, though he sought for it carefully with tears. Amen. He couldn't find it. He rejected what God had given him, what was actually his. He rejected it. Amen. If we reject this grace, you're going to look for it someday. And it may not be there. That's why you need to cling to it. That's why you need to build yourself up on your most holy faith. This is why you need to grow in grace. Amen. You need to realize how good God has been to you and how much He loves you. Calvary speaks a better message than anything else. The blood of Jesus Christ. That's why the writer told Timothy, amen, that the grace of God that bringeth salvation had appeared to all men teaching us that denying ungodly and worldly lust, we should live soberly and righteous and godly in this present world. Notice, we, the grace of God should push you and I to do right all the time. It should build character inside of us because of His goodness and His love and His mercy towards us. Amen. Esau was rejected. That is a message in itself when we read and see that. To cause us not to forgo or let go the things that God has given us. Amen. We don't reject the Holy Ghost. Amen. We live our lives based on that change of the Spirit of God in us. The gifts of the Spirit. Amen. The grace of God. The mercies of God. We cling to these things. We, we get excited uh, of the change that God has brought into our lives. So Esau was rejected. And we know that Saul was rejected. Saul was chosen to be the first king of Israel. But because of all of his disobedience constantly, every time he would get a warning from God, he went and did the opposite. Amen. He heard the word of God, but his problem was, as the writer of Hebrews said, he did not mix his faith with the word of God. And it speaks to you and I. When we hear messages, when we hear teaching, when we hear preaching, we've got to build ourselves up on our most holy faith. That's what Jude tells us. But you, beloved, he says in Jude 22, build up yourself on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for and hasting for the soon coming of the Lord. Amen. I believe the Lord is coming soon. And so, therefore, we must cling to this grace. Realize what God has done for you. If you realize how important grace really is and what God really has done for you, you shouldn't miss heaven. You shouldn't miss it. Amen. You shouldn't struggle with your walk with God. You should be totally, 100%, Committed to God. 100%. Because you couldn't save yourself. If He didn't do it for us, our eternity is in the flame of fire. That's why Paul says, by grace, that unmerited love, that merited favor, are we saved? And so we need to realize, if I have His grace, 
then my salvation should be evident to everybody that sees me that I'm saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled. What does the song say? Water baptized. I got Jesus on my side. I'm running for my life. Amen. You got to be excited about this thing. Somebody say, you try Jesus. You don't like him. The devil will take you back every time. Amen. But we've got to stay rooted and grounded in this thing. Calvary was a, was a really, it was a hill of grace. Amen. That's what it was. If he hadn't walked up that hill, amen, and gave his life for you and I, where would we be? Where would we be? But throughout scriptures, we see that grace and that mercy constantly, constantly with Israel. You know, but what did they do? They kept rejecting it. Okay, we're going to do what God says. Okay, God deliver them. What did they do? A few days later, they're right back again. Like I said Sunday, you've got to get on an even plane. And you've got to stay there. You can't be up and you can't be down. You can't be up and you can't be down. You want to stay even. Amen. Balance your life so that you stay on track. Amen. Even though you may have some trials, even though you may have some situations, even though you may have some circumstances, do not allow those things to distract you and pull you off the rail. Amen. Notice what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. I mean 4, excuse me. Start with verse 7. 2 Corinthians. Give everybody a chance to be there. Chapter 4. Starting with verse 7. Paul says, but we have this treasure... In earthen vessels. Man, aren't you glad you got the Holy Ghost? In this thing, this earthen vessel. But we have a treasure. Wow. Think about how valuable it is. Wisdom is bigger than rubies, right? (laughs) Think about it. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. Notice. Trouble, no distress. You got trouble, you shouldn't have any distress. Hello? Distress didn't come with your salvation. So what are you stressed out about? You met the enemy, he's us. Because grace came with power. We are troubled on every side, but we're not distressed. We are confused sometimes, but we're not hopeless or despair, perplexed, but not despair. We're talked about or persecuted, but we're not forsaken. Sometimes we get the wind knocked down ourselves, but we're not destroyed. (laughs) 
will always burn about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of also of Jesus might be made manifest in our bodies. Notice, the grace that we have received should be being manifested. His life, everything that God gave us and brought to us, people should be able to see it. It should be manifest. The fruit of the Spirit is love. People should see the love of God in our hearts, in our lives. First and foremost, to God. Secondly, to one another. Neighbors ourselves, right? We should be flowing with joy. Don't confuse joy with happiness. Happiness is based on circumstances. You know, joy is, is something that's in you. It's your character that's inside of you. You know? So, you got joy. You got peace. If he says he's going to keep me in perfect peace, if my mind stay upon him, then where should my mind be? <laughs> it should be on him. Not on my circumstances. Not on my situations. You know, I want my mind to stay upon him because he will keep me in perfect peace. And if my mind is stayed on him and I'm in perfect peace, and I seek him for wisdom and knowledge how to deal with my situations and circumstances, I'm going to be able to maintain my peace. See? And I'm going to be able to make wise decisions in, in my circumstances and situations without being all depressed and distraughted and despondent and low down and everything else. I'm going to still be able to keep my head lifted up, still rejoice in the Lord always, still get excited about Jesus, still, as David says, run through a troop and leap over the pews. Young folks don't know anything about that. You know, when I came into church, man, it wasn't not uncommon to see somebody rolling down the aisle or rolling across the church or jumping across the pews or jumping across the chairs because they was excited about the Holy Ghost and what God was doing. We used to sing a song, I wish somebody's soul would catch on fire, burning in the Holy Ghost. And by that time, man, somebody take off. Amen. Where you at, Josh, they would jump from there up here, man, and they'd be out here just doing the huckabuck, they used to call it. You know? Y'all need to do that some more. All right, all right, you're going to follow me, all right? <laughs> okay? All right, next time we have church there, I'm going to let y'all follow me, all right? <laughs> all right, I'm going to hold y'all to that. I'm going to hold y'all to it. All right, get ready. I'm going to see a whole lot of huckabucking going on around here. Amen. <laughs> Amen. For we, verse 11, for we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. We have the same spirit of faith. Amen. The faith that I have came from him just like the same faith that you got. Amen. We have the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believe, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore speak, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise us up also by Jesus, and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sake, that the abundant... How much more do you need? 
He don't run out, folks. If you need more grace, He's got it. If you need more mercy, He's got it. That's why the Scripture says, Let us come boldly through the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Amen. Abundant grace. Praise God. Amen. For all things are for your sake, that the abundance of grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. For which cause we quit. We give up. We throw in the towel. Huh? We quit, right? We quit serving God. Ah, we quit. We quit, man. We quit. I'm tired. I'm quitting. You know? For in due season. <laughs> For which cause we faint not. But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is new day by day. The light afflictions. Hello? Which is but for a moment. Worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal. But the things which are not seen are eternal. Amen. So His grace should cause us, amen, to have a change within our lives. His grace should call us to commit ourselves to Him. Paul says in Romans 7, 9, amen, you want to go there real quick, amen, Romans 7, 9, Paul says, for I was alive without the law once, but when the commandments came, I revived and I died. Paul is saying here, he says, I didn't know a whole lot of things in the law. He says, but after I learned the commands, such as, I should not covet it, he says, sin revealed itself. See, once you understand something, go back to wisdom, you get knowledge, you get wisdom, then you can see. Say, that's how sin is. Sometimes sin is hidden in things, but when you get an understanding of what's going on, sin will elevate. Like cream coming to the top. And when sin pops up, you just can't leave it there. You've got to get rid of it. See? And so, that's why we say you need to repent of that thing. That's coming boldly to the throne of grace. Receiving mercy and forgiveness for that. The grace of God wipes that thing out of there. Amen. And you go on and live your life. See? That's why Romans 6, Paul says in verse 1, he says, Shall we continue in sin? 
No, he didn't say that, did he? What shall we can? Hold on. Shall we continue? That the grace may abound. You know, we're going to keep sinning so God keep just forgiving us and 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 forgiving us. No! You're trying to get that stuff out of you to start with. That's why when you look at the Word of God and you see it, and it elevates sin. It, why? Because the Word of God is light. It's going to expose the sins in our lives. He's going to show us things that through the Word that is not like Him that we need to get rid of out of our lives. And so He's not beating us up about it. He says, look, this is in there. You need to get it out of there. And so we asked him in the form of repentance, God, forgive me of this thought. Forgive me of this thing I've been doing in my life. And as a result, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And that's why Paul says, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we attain on it in the sins therein? Longer than in. No, you're not. That so many of us that were baptized into Jesus Christ, we were baptized into His death. Therefore, we are buried with Him by baptism, that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we should also walk in a new life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of His death, we shall also be in the likeness of His resurrection. New. The old man was buried. So we should walk in newness of life, not in the sin. Because Paul says, if you keep reading through that, that chapter, verse 23, he said the wages of sin is what? But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And this is what we're after is eternal life. That's where we're headed. So we can reign with Him forever and ever. This is a journey that is excited. This is a journey that should keep you steadfast and on track. Amen. Rejoicing in the Lord always. Amen. And again, I say rejoice. Grace should cause you to love God, as I said earlier, more than anything, man. Amen. Blessed and highly favored of the Lord. Praise God. His grace is always sufficient. Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 22 through 24. Jeremiah says, I meant Lamentations, excuse me. Lamentations chapter 3. Jeremiah wrote Lamentations. He wrote Jeremiah too. So, Jeremiah, Lamentations chapter 3, verse 20. Notice what he says. It is of the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed. Because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. 
The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore, will I hope in Him. Where's your hope? My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not the sweetest frame, but holy lean clean to Jesus' name. You know what, Sister Michaela? On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. My hope is built in Him. That's what Paul says in Romans 8. Amen. Around verse 24. He says, we're saved by hope. And the writer of Hebrews in the 6th chapter says, we have an anchor of hope, which is sure and steadfast. Even Jesus made the high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Amen. So we're saved by hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For if a man see that which you hope for, why are you hoping? But if we do not see that which we hope for, then do we with patience wait for it. We don't even know what we should pray for, as we ought, the Bible says. But the Spirit helpeth our affirmatives, making intercession with groaning which cannot be uttered. And he that searches the heart know what is the mind of the Spirit, because he make intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the call according to his purpose, for whom he did foreknow, them he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. Brethren, for whom he foreknow, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And to him he also justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? For if God spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not by him also give us freely all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God who justifieth. Who is this that condemn? It is Christ that died, yea, rather is risen, and even at the right hand of the throne, making intercession for us. Who shall separate me from the love of God? Shall tribulations? Shall distress? Shall persecution? Shall famine, shall nakedness, shall perils, shall swords, as it is written, for thy sake, we're killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep unto the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that love us. For I am persuaded that neither life, nor death, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. This grace that He has given us, should nothing should separate you. Amen. Notice what Paul says in Second Corinthians 11, verse 24. Amen. Are they Hebrews? Amen. 
Back up one verse. Amen. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Amen. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. Amen. Are they the ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. And labor more abundant. And stripes above measure. And prison more frequently. And death more often. You see, grace should cause you and I to work. To get involved. To not be on the sidelines. Amen. You remember that old song? When he calls me, I will answer. When he calls me, I will hear. When he calls me, I will answer. I'll be somewhere working for my Lord. I'll be somewhere working. I'll be somewhere working. I'll be somewhere working for my Lord. I'll be somewhere working. I'll be somewhere Y'all are not singing. That tells me you're not working. Hello? <laughs> but Richard was the only one over here singing. <laughs> i just been facetious. But, see, this is what happens when grace comes. It should thrust us to do more for the kingdom. My ministry should be revealed. That's why I get a hold of God. Says, as Paul, remember what he said on the road to Damascus? His first question was, who are you, Lord? And his second question was, what will you have me to do? And God says, get up and go to the street called Straight, and it will be told you what you shall do. Amen. And this is why Paul is now committed he is called to be an apostle to the Gentiles, and so he's sharing these things. He says, frequently and death more often, of the Jews, five times received thy forty stripes, save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods, once was I stoned, thrice I suffered shipwrecked. A day and a night I have been in the deep, and journeyings often, and perils are dangerous of water, and perils of robbers and perils of my own countrymen, and perils by the heathen, and perils in the city, and perils in the wilderness, and perils in the sea, and perils among false brethren, and weariness, and painfulness, and watching often, and hunger and thirst, and fasting often, and cold and nakedness beside those things that are without, that which come upon me daily, the cares of all the churches, who is weak, and I am not weak, who is offended, and I burn not. If I must need glory, I will glory of the things which concern mine infirmities. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which is blessed forevermore, know that I lie not. In Acts 20, 24, he says, But none of those things move me. Neither count I my life dear to me, that I might finish my course and the ministry which I have received of the Lord to testify of the grace of of God. Amen. In other words, talking about that grace. Amen. Talking about that grace. Acts twenty twenty four. You got it, right? Y'all highlight that in your Bibles? 
because you're going to see it again. You're going to hear it again. They testified the grace. What God has done for him. That unmerited love. That unmerited favor. See, Paul could talk about what God did for him. That's why he told Timothy, Amen. I was a murderer. I was a blasphemer. I was an injurer. Amen. All these things. Paul did not hold back his testimony of where God brought him out of. Because why? When you share your testimony, what God has brought you out of, you are just revealing the grace of God to everyone that hears it. Amen. You are saying, I was all these wrong things, but God's love and mercy He brought me out of the miry clay. He set my feet upon a rock and established my going. He put a song in my heart. Amen. And I'm on a new walk and a new road. Amen. And nothing shall stop me, he said, of this boasting about the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Because his grace is always sufficient. Amen. We got to stay on that, on that course. Amen. We should be working. And we're going to talk next week about not only working in the Lord because of His grace, we're going to talk about some more effects that this grace has on us. Amen. It pushes us more and more to be like Him. Amen. When He calls me, I will answer. When He calls me, I will hear. When He calls me, I will 